Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Aquaculture Speaks. Aquaculture's mission is to restore the connections between humans, horses, and Mother Earth. My guest today is Peter Shampoo. Peter's discovery of the Earth Ring phenomena gives form and function to the living Earth. His Earth healing focus is centered on the resolution of the Eastern European conflict, the restoration of the Great Lakes, and the spiritual cultivation of sacred sites for the world. Unfortunately, Pam is not going to be able to join us today. She's having technical difficulties, and so are we. So Peter is only available through audio. So Peter, how did you get started on this amazing adventure? I guess you could say that I was born to it. Uh, I was uh, well, a love child of my parents' uh, uh, first home that uh, wh where there was a lot of dinosaur footprints pulled from the basement of the of the the dig for the house in uh, Holyoke, Massachusetts, and uh, uh, full uh, included in those all that rock that came out of that hole was. Uh, dinosaur footprints and that that keyed me in i guess uh, from day one that that the earth is alive so the, the whole gaia theory of the earth being alive uh, uh you know was was right there at the beginning i uh my name uh, is uh, peter shampoo which uh, translates to rock of the field and when i was 18 years old uh, looking for identity i looked into uh, rocks in the field and found Stonehenge and uh, that got me running uh, and the whole exploration of rock culture uh, you know how uh, we uh, uh, well I, I undertook a exploration of the cultural use of stone from day from uh, you know throughout civilization right up until the present day and, uh, you know, that included cathedral building, and it included me becoming a professional stonemason. Uh, but uh, along that path as well, I was exposed at an early age to my grandfather's farm. He was a uh, New York's up, uh, upper New York uh, Hudson Valley hill farmer who used horses until he retired in the 70s. So I was uh, spent my whole youth around horses. Uh, big, big Percheron uh, workhorses. Uh, I remember one time uh, falling off the hay wagon uh, right between the the legs of, of these massive horses. And my grandfather just kind of whistled, you know, just whispered to these beautiful beings to stand still. And, and uh, you know, even though we were on a slope, you know, we were going down a slope, uh, and I fell forward off the wagon and, uh, you know, those horses held that wagon uh, until he got me out from underneath their legs. And uh, that really impressed me, you know, riding them uh, as a little kid. Of course, I was, you know, my legs were sticking out straight on, the, on that, those massive backs. But, uh, yeah, yeah, beautiful animals. Uh, and, uh, you know, one of, one of, I think, our big problems these days is a nature deficit disorder. And I. And I feel uh, quite uh, grateful for the experience that I had on the farm. 
Prince Charles uh, said that uh, we were uh, perhaps the last generation that really got to, well, he's now King Charles, uh, really got to experience uh, nature fully uh, in our in our life. So, you know, that's kind of the background. Uh, uh, my my work as a stonemason, I think, uh, um, exposed me to the elementals of rock. Uh, when I uh, split rock open to create, you know, my, my specialty was to take uh, the rocks that came out of foundations of the dig and turn them into chimneys and such. So I'd have these large boulders to split open and turn into uh, various, you know, keystones or uh, cornerstones and building, you know, uh, wall stone. And uh, whenever I, I split open one of these rocks, I, I began to notice that there was this release of chi from the rock itself. So I, I would uh, kind of, when I felt the rock about to split, I'd give it a hug and, and that, that energy came into my body. And then later years, I learned from uh, the readings in anthroposophy that uh, Dr. Uh, Rudolf Steiner said that whenever you split a rock open, a gnome of knowledge is released from that rock. So I feel as though I got, I, I was signaled uh, information that, that made me start thinking in a new way, a way that, uh, you know, looked at the patterns that are implicit to the earth itself, you know, because as a stonemason, you're a pattern maker and you, and you look towards the angles that are already in the rock and use those angles uh, you know, um, uh, efficiently so that you can, you know, throw up a rock wall quicker and make more money that way. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, so I started uh, looking at these angles and noticed that these same angles that were in the rock were in the watershed that I was working in. So the, the angles that you find in the uh, the stream bed, uh, you know, it, it reflected that same pattern. So that that uh, got me having this knowledge of cathedral building and sacred geometry and such. I, I, I you know, I had a lot of time to think out there in the woods working rock, and and it made me wonder if if uh, if there was uh, geometry in the land itself uh, from. Uh, uh, because there's geometry in flowers and the human body and galaxies, you know, solar systems, all kinds of things have nature's geometry implicit to it. And I, I just uh, was wondering if there was such a thing that existed in the New England landscape. And I started looking around and what do you know, I found some. So, <laughs> and that's, you know, since then it has grown into a worldwide study where I've, I've applied the same techniques I used in New England and I, I, I used them worldwide. And I'm finding that these, these patterns that I uh, thought was, you know, very unique to the New England landscape ended up being everywhere on, on the planet. So. Could you speak a little bit to what sacred geometry is and also how that connects to the ley lines? Well, uh, yeah, sacred geometry is really the, uh, you know, it's, it's the geometry of nature. Uh, so, 
uh, hexagons, polygons of many kinds. We, we see in flowers, we, we see it uh, uh, in, you know, in, in, the, in the geometry of DNA even. Uh, so, and if you take a, a water, it's really the, the geometry of water uh, is what I've concluded. Uh, when you uh, take a molecule of water and you have a, uh, H2, two hydrogen attaching to an oxygen, they attach at a uh, 104, approximately 103, 104 degree uh, angle. So when you uh, uh, place that out, it, it generates you know, like when you when you model that uh, with the appropriate sizing of the, the each each one of those atoms into that molecule, it it generates geometries of nature. Uh, there there's a, a seven and a five pointed uh, geometry that arise uh, right off the bat out of that just that simple angle. And as well as quite obviously, uh, you know, uh, whatever snowflake uh, Bentley up in Vermont taking pictures of uh, snowflakes in the, back in the early uh, photographic era uh, showed how, how snowflakes uh, generate hexagons. And, and uh, that's, that's a reflection of the, of the, uh, the uh, Vesica Pisces which is the, uh, uh, you know, you have two points with the common arcs uh, of, uh, of radius uh, that generate the Gothic cathedral arch, that pointed arch. So yeah, ubiquitously used in cathedral construction. So, I mean, there's, there's pictures that, that, you know, tell the story a lot better than I am, I'm trying to right now, but, Essentially, it's it's water, and water uh, it informs the whole lithosphere uh, to geometry because uh, water is inside the Earth itself. So so we have five oceans of water: primary water, uh, nebula water, if you will, at the, uh, the the boundary of the upper and lower mantle. And every time there's a volcanic eruption, that, that water comes up to the surface. So uh, you, you'll find looking around the planet, there's a lot of uh, uh, volcanic patterns that are fivefold. They're, 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 they're pentagrams. So that's, that's like water itself coming up to the surface and informing the surface. So see, everything water touches uh, is informed of this geometry, be it our bodies, be it flowers, or the patterns that are in the, uh, in the biosphere of, of, our, of our earth. The biosphere being, uh, you know, the, the patterns that we see in hurricanes, the patterns we see in the lithosphere. Uh, so it, it's like that sacred geometry is everywhere. So that's what makes uh, it so special, especially that we know water is is uh, the giver of life. So that's what makes it so important. And 
sacred is because of the connection with the water. Absolutely, Heidi. You know, it's uh, to me, it's 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 the thing, and uh, it, it explicit to that that geometry of water. See that 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 bonding angle <clears throat> that occurs with water can vary from 90 to 120 degrees, depending upon what the type of water is. So when you have that, that broad spectrum of, of bonding angle, you can, you can get any, any geometry out of that. But the, 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 uh, the one that's uh, most commonly uh, used is the same angle that the Great Pyramid has. So if, if, so if you're from taking from the point, uh, of the Great Pyramid, you have this, uh, uh, you know, 51.51 degree angle on both sides. So up at the point of the pyramid, you have the 103.5 uh, uh, angle up there, which is the bonding angle of water, essentially the idealized bonding angle of water. So the Great Pyramid as a sacred geometry uh, located at the center of the Earth's uh, most, you know, center of the Earth's landmass, uh, bonds that 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 structure with the biosphere of of the world. Uh, so, so the pyramid, I think, was actually like uh, something that created a a sky river uh, that would, uh, as a bonding form, would draw water to it because water wants to bond like yeah. uh, out in, out in, out in the nebula you know you know we're in like the third nebula of of uh of creation right now with our sun you know the sun explodes it uh it turns into nebula and then from that explosion more more uh, uh isotopes are are created with each exploding nebula but one of the primary the things that gets generated in nebula is water you know out there in the orion's nebula that we we have water that's uh being generated at 60 oceans a day <laughs> wow so, that's amazing so can we get back to how what you discovered in the landscape then the the forms that you noticed in the landscape well, the, the initial form uh, that I found was a triangulation. I mean, really perfect triangulation, uh, you know, equilateral triangle of uh, three mountains, uh, Mount Escutney, Vermont, Mount Washington, uh, New Hampshire, and Mount Mansfield, Vermont. And these are three prominent uh, land landmarks with, that we have in uh, Mount Escutney is not a big mountain, but it sits right next to the Connecticut River, and it's because of it, it has its uh, prominence. But it's uh, it's also the uh, ends up being the uh, kind of the southernmost uh, vent of the White Mountain or Conway Granite uh, supervolcano. And so that's, uh, that was, uh, that was, uh, so we have these triangulation and, and that pointed to uh, a, a place, uh, you know, if you take that center line through Escutney uh, from the north down through Escutney with the, 
that triangle is at an angle of uh, uh, what 14.5 or is it 15.4 right something like that uh <laughs> north north uh northeast uh and going southwest so in that point that point southwest uh pointed to this little place called shelburne falls massachusetts and uh which is a place of peace it's a salmon falls there was a treaty there that uh any uh, that, that there was uh the treaty stated that uh, you could travel freely within one day of that site without fear of molestation or uh or recourse or by the colonials or or native peoples it was you now everybody had to be be able to get to these fisheries because it was essential to life. And so it was, the fisheries were common ground where everyone could come and fish. And, uh, you know, like the bears uh, up, in, up in Alaska, they, they all give each other space to, you know, use this common resource. And uh, we did too, as peoples. So uh, Shelburne Falls, I was already aware of the, this idea that there was this ley line that, that followed the old, uh, Indian path called the Mohawk Trail and that that Mohawk Trail <clears throat> ended up being at the same plane as the uh, the line between Mount Washington and Mount Mansfield you know the peaks of those two mountains the high points of those two mountains so th there was this geologic plane that went right up the Mohawk River Valley and uh, from that, I noticed that that there were all these, like the coast of Maine pointed towards the Shelburne Falls. Uh, the, the island of Manhattan pointed towards Shelburne Falls. And the Connecticut River has a, uh, a crook in it. And both crooks, you know, at that, you know, comes down from the north and then takes an angle south. And both those angles point right to Shelburne Falls as oh, well okay, as the yeah. mall the Mohawk river points to Shelburne falls. So it's like uh, the, the whole continent and, and this, you know, the Appalachian mountains point to Shelburne falls north and south. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy, you know, how, how, so that, that, that got me looking at, at, you know, it just kept expanding. And, uh, and you noticed a connection with history, right? That, a lot of things in history happened in these areas that had connection with the geometry. Yes. Yeah, I, I came up with, you know, I, I ended up coming up with this geometry I called the arc home geometry. And uh, uh, it, it was a ring form that, that was generated by this, this natural lay within the land. So it was an organic expression of the earth grid, you know, being drawn from what exists on the earth's surface. And uh, there, there was a circle of cities, uh, Boston being one, New Haven, uh, New London, uh, Poughkeepsie, uh, Albany, well, actually it goes up to uh, uh, Fonda, New York. And uh, so it, it had this, this large circle and, and in that circle, there are all these museums that were uh, part of that that ring and cultural sites and, and such, you know, like Yale University and all those places. And 
course, Boston, you can't get more culture and history than that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it all, uh, it all kind of, uh, you know, I, I, you know, when I first discovered this, I thought I, you know, reinvented bread or something or got a new mousetrap. But, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it was met with a, a good yawn there in New England. Seemingly the, the, uh, you know, New England, uh, mind is more you know like caught up in the mental frame of things you know where where instead of uh, thinking with your heart and uh to to get this stuff you really have to think with your heart and, exactly uh, yeah. so and then then you it morphed into more of almost like um a combination of i would almost say like astrology like you could almost see patterns that where people live that there are patterns in their lives that connect with um longitude and latitude and events too right like um you were saying could you like pam was really interested and that's why i'm going in this direction about where she's living now and you found the connection to where she's been in her life. Would you mind explaining some of that? Uh, yeah, you know, we, we live as mobile megaliths. You know, uh, and with the changing magnetic field, we have to move around uh, and uh, ground our energies in, in different places that need us. And wherever we move, it appears, you know, you know there's this kind of adage that says, if you put a, uh, a uh, pin in a map of everywhere you've been and lived, you, your face will emerge from the map. And, and that's, uh, you know, I encourage people to look at this and, you know, look at their family. And I've done studies, but, uh, you know, on, on people. And it, it just, it, you get so involved in their emotional body that I've, <laughs> I've grown to not really want to go there. But, uh, yeah. you know, but I, I, I offered, I offered that service, uh, you know, as a way to, uh, you know, bring people into it. Uh, you know, most of my work is about collective energies and, and how we all coalesce together as a group. But at virtually every talk that I've given, everybody wants to know about what about, you know, my ley line. What, what's yeah. going on in my my house, in my city, in my, 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 I, 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 you know, the, the right. age of narcissism, you know, it's just, oh, my God, you know. <laughs> no, right. Let's, let's come together. But that said, you know, I mean, it's still, it's still there. And, you know, just a brief look at, you know, typically what I do is, the first thing I do is look at the seven sacred directions. You know, north, south, east, west, above, below, and center, and and that that tells you uh, a lot about your place. You know the, the relationship of place. You know what's north of you, what's south of you, what's east and west of you. So, and, and I, with me, I, you know, we're 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 kind of like made in the image and likeness of the planet. You know, our eyeballs are the same geometry as the planet itself. Uh, wow. So, uh, <laughs> oh, just another story. <laughs> we, might, we might get to it's 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 kind of like another one of those 
primary natural geometries. But uh, with Pam, uh, you know, who is one of the co-hosts here in the show, I've known Pam for, uh, I don't know, 20, 25 years now. And uh, uh, I, I'm aware of her history. She, uh, she lived in South America, <clears throat> outside of Cusco, uh, uh, South America, with some uh, uh, Caro families down there. And uh, I, I, I guess I think for extended periods of time, like five to 10 years, something yeah, like that. Quite a while. Um, she talks openly about it. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and then, uh, so I knew about that and I knew about uh, her, her work with Arva Looking Horse, who was uh, the, the pipe carrier, the white buffalo calf woman pipe. And, uh, you know, and, and where, where the white buffalo calf woman brought the cultural uh, uh, edicts, if you will, of the Lakota, the seven, seven rights of the Lakota, uh, was to the, uh, uh, Mato Tipala, the Bears Lodge or AKA Devil's Tower. So, uh, you know, I knew that was part of her life. Uh, she published a book on the teachings of the, the white buffalo calf teachings. And, and Pam was actually the one that introduced me to our looking horse and, and that, that, that whole connection led to my work on Wounded Knee that you yeah. mentioned in the introduction. But where, where, where she is living now, where the, the, the main uh, horse uh, aquaculture uh, uh, site is, is in uh, Canaan. Now, you know, Canaan, Maine. So Canaan, uh, you know, carries all that frequency of Canaan, Israel, too. You know, because right. there, there's, there's a name frequency associated with it. So he, he can really go deep there if you want to. But I just, uh, I, I pointed, you know, pointed out in my introductory letter that uh, that spot in the world is in a seven sacred direction relationship to both South America and uh, uh, Matotipula. So, so Matotipula is on the same latitude that, that Pam is on in Canaan. And she's on the same longitude as the, the, the family that she, I, you know, I don't know exactly, but it's very close. It's outside Cusco where, where, yeah. where, uh, where the family was. So it's, she's at this, where she is, is kind of brings those two streams of consciousness together. In a, in a way that, that she can then uh, grow from. So, uh, you know, placing a medicine wheel, you know, there that, uh, you know, connects and, and opens kind of a, has a, a particularly uh, accentuated Western and Southern door. Uh, mm. She can draw, draw those energies and build on her, her life stream from these uh from these forces that are uh being uh are, are coalescing in her present life uh expression uh with this with this horse farm there in canaan and uh you know, the... yeah that's amazing so i find this totally fascinating because there's so many threads that weave our lives together that we're not even aware of but it's literally right under our feet of um, how we are weaving that together to 
um, and hopefully make a good, better impact for our lives and for people. So as they wake up and realize that how precious our earth is and how interconnected we really are. Because with your discovery, it shows to me that interconnectedness of everything, you know, it's all connected. We're not separate. This, do you think it's um, divine plan or, 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 or is it just the interaction? What's your thought on that? I know that's deep. <laughs> yes, <laughs> both. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, there seems to be a natural coalescence that 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 takes place in our lives in in the world. Uh, you know, uh, uh, there there's ring forms of city. We seem to you know coalesce uh with in in certain geometries so uh being part of nature we naturally go towards organizing ourselves in in a in a way that that nests within nature we we do it kind of uh unconsciously like like a bee might create a beehive it's just out of course of being a bee you end up with these all these hexagons and Similarly, uh, we, we end up with uh, similar forms of, with um, the uh, kind of imprint of cultures. Uh, like uh, just recently, I, I came across this uh, ring of cities in Eastern Europe that uh, are all in this perfect circle. Uh, you know, uh, St. Petersburg, Russia, Moscow, uh, Odessa down in, uh, you know, in Ukraine going around to Budapest and Vienna and mm. uh, Ber Berlin uh, and uh, on up to Stockholm and that's it was it Stockholm uh, yeah I think it was Stockholm so you know they have this this ring of cities that you know I, I've been looking at as a as a potential uh, kind of large-scale antenna system to broadcast harmonies from the philharmonics of all these high culture cities mm. as a way to uh, uh, kind of dampen the dissonance that's being expressed there along the border between uh, NATO and Russia. Mm. Uh, if you look at the patterns of the uh, uh, the the, uh, the boundary patterns of Russia, uh, just to the north of of, of Ukraine, right above uh, Kiev, it is a straight line of of, uh, of you know, so like almost a north south line that, that that the Russian border takes. And what Putin is trying to get is the entire eastern part of Ukraine, so that the border of Russia can continue as a straight line all the way south down to the down to the sea. So they can have a greater, you know, like uh, a port, a larger port. Mm. And uh, as well, they, they want Kiev back because Kiev is the uh, the center of uh, Russian orthodoxy. 
that's the whole that's the Jerusalem of Russian Orthodoxy. It's just where the whole Russian character was really developed was out of Kiev, out of the uh, from the Ukrainian people. So it's like there's this whole identity thing attached to it. But the, the really kind of like uh, drum roll thing we got going here is that line that I just described is the the north line projected from the Great Pyramid. Oh, okay, yeah. So, so the Great Pyramid, uh, as it is now, is uh, uh, kind of broadcasting a noxious frequency that tends to create genocide and war. And it mm. tends to create religions. Like, for instance, uh, if you take the south southeast edge of the Great Pyramid and follow that out, it goes right to the Kaaba, the Kaaba stone in Mecca. Mm. You know, and if you take it north, uh, uh, northeast, it goes right to the uh, uh, the shrine of the Bab there of the the uh, the Baha'i faith up in uh, Haifa, Israel. So it goes right through there, and it goes right up through Syria and out to Armenia. And, and when it reaches Armenia, you get into this kind of like genocide zone, and that arc from Armenia goes around to the Crimea, another genocide zone. It goes down to Darfur in South in Central Africa, yeah. another genocide zone. So you see, you know, it's like this ring ring of genocide that's that's projected out from, um, you know. So, so it's right now. There's like a, you know, be, I, I think it's you know I've been doing a lot of thunking about this, and I, I think that the pyramid. Uh, you know that the whole consciousness it, it picks up on the collective consciousness of the planet because it, it's it's so central to the planet and, and we look at uh, you know the pyramid has been used as a model of power and control top-down economics top-down religion you know the pope at the yeah. top the people at the bottom all that stuff you know it's like you know the master the slave so uh it, where where you know, if we could all get to looking at that as a water molecule, uh, <laughs> it would change everything. It would change the frequency being being projected out of the Great Pyramid. And and there's there's a whole there's an adage that says you change you know hermetic adage that says uh, you know you change the frequency, you change the manifestation of the mass. So uh, yeah, so that's. And, and like it's, applied. Yeah, and it's been proven that water will change with thoughts. And Emoto there did the the testing that you can change the water molecules with your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's the principle I'm using to uh, heal the Great Lakes. You know, right now we have the Great Lakes are in a situation where uh the, the, its waters are so polluted that there's no way that we could actually re remediate the waters in a uh, scientific way mm. so uh, i'm 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 proposing this uh collaborative initiative to use the spiritual dimensions you know and the material uh as a combined force you know the elementals and human community of consciousness to uh, imprint a, you know, have a have a large enough uh, collective signature so that we can imprint, uh, for instance, uh, purity on 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 those waters in those waters, 
and and that, that will change the water just like in in Amoto's experiments you know if you put you know love on a, you know just a word for love japanese uh, english chinese uh, anything that that has a connotation of love uh, organizes that water into a coherent state into a structured state if you put hate on it it it, it, it similarly uh, creates these water forms that are very discordant so uh right now we're putting out oh you know polluted oh he's sick oh you know so yeah it's like that that, that reinforces that consciousness so uh the initiative i'm calling it is the the great spirit lake the great mm. spirit waters you know working on the great lakes but great spirit waters so so it, it puts in an impression of of the original you know what water was uh, uh intended to be from the great spirit and, 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 you know, we draw on the ancestors. We need to have the ancestors involved in this, uh, like the native ancestors uh, in, yeah. in the, in the, across the veil, across the threshold, because they have the memories of what, what, what these waters were like before the, the colonial period when all this pollution occurred. So, uh, you know, so that's, you know, I'm working on a website right now to try to, to, uh, uh, you know, get this this out there and help the lakes and bring purity back to the waters. That would be amazing. And I know it can happen. And the, I think we need to wake up and realize because of our interconnectedness that we are very powerful when our consciousness sinks together. So that's what you're talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, no, I, I have a belief in that and, and I, I think it plays out in, in religion, you know, like the ability for saints to create miracles has a lot to do with the, uh, the support of the congregation, you know, yes. like, like if you have, you know, 40 million Catholics, all those Catholics form a field that that can be utilized in prayer. You know, it's it's a cumulative prayer field. So uh, you know that, that that's a good thing about religion, but they, they need to direct it towards some some uh, some remediation of the planet. And I, I hope to have you know the religious community also involved in this Great Lakes restoration because you know once yes. you know you once you restore something the size of you know water that that brings it into a coherent state and a structured state that evaporation you know goes into the biosphere and entrains the rest of the water to do the same thing it's kind of like uh, using Using the mystery of Golgotha in the terms of uh, the anthroposophists uh, and Rudolf Steiner, that you know, when when uh, the Christ shed his blood on Golgotha, uh, that that changed the world because his blood went into the waters of the world. So it's recognizing wow. that 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 Christ consciousness is everywhere, including the earth. You know, we've the, the church and. A lot of a lot of uh, you know Christian faiths have, have uh, you know kind of done this thing. The world is the devil, you know? right? And, and uh, you know we need to 
change that. You know, it's it's like Jesus came here to become the Christ, so that you know we can uh, uh, we can make the make the planet holy. Yes. And it's, it's not a transcendent thing, you know, it's a, it's a here thing, you know, you know, it's like Jesus came to us, you know, (laughs) it's like, you know, to, to try to redeem the world, uh, you know, and all all we're talking about is preparing for death and, and being with Jesus after, after death and, you know, and this, this type of thing, but leaving, leaving behind, well, you know, I mean, it's very convenient if, if the, if the world is the devil, we don't, we don't mind polluting it, you know, right. it kind of, it gives, gives it, you know, but, but we lose this planet. We lose the ability to, uh, we, we lose a place for soul development. You know, this yes. is, you know, I mean, you can't develop as a soul in heaven. You're just kind of stuck with what you got. And then it's like, well, you got to come, you got to go through this material plane and develop spiritual tools and gifts in order to go uh, go on as a soul and, and keep growing as a soul. And, uh, you know, if, if, if we just come here and, and live entirely in a, in a material sense, we we return to heaven or return to the afterlife without any of the skills that we need to navigate those spiritual dimensions and there's this incredible frustration within the soul because of that that lashes out at the world the material expression of the world and that's where we get wars you know these these, these frustrated souls that are you know uh, are, are are deprived of spirit that they, they want to destroy the world Wow. Uh, just, you know, this is another kind of Steiner perspective yep. that, uh, so. so. What to you was, so to kind of wrap up, what to you was your biggest discovery with the, um, the earth rings? No, the biggest discovery is that uh, all these, all these vortexes, earth energies that we speak of, you know, these circular forms, Stonehenge, uh, mm. the patterns of hurricanes, uh, the, the human eye uh, are all uh, reflective. Uh, the galaxy, our uh, gamma ray emissions, uh, DNA, uh, you know, yeah. all, of, all of this has this, this signature, which is based on the geometry of nine. So if you will, uh, I, I call these things earth rings. And the interior of the planet have an, it has an inner core, an outer core, uh, upper and lower mantle, and, and lithosphere. And if you uh, take a nine-pointed geometry, you know, and, and start it anywhere on the planet, uh, if you connect one line to the next line to the one point to the next point to the next point, you end up with the with the Earth's crust, you know, which is the same size as Venus. OK. Wow. And if you take every third line, you end up with three triangles, if you will. And that frames, you know, the inner form that those three triangles generate. Is the same size as the outer core. And that outer core is the same size as 
I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that outer core is the same size as Mars. Mm. So uh, it, it appears as though that this is uh, some kind of like field of, of, of gravity that tends to inform planets and uh, the patterns of solar systems and, uh, and galaxies and such because they all adhere to the same geometry. So that, that same projection like comes up into the surface. So, so the, a lot of these earth rings that I'm discovering, uh, for instance, one, you know, like prime example is the Bermuda triangle earth ring. Yes. Yeah. You know, so you got a triangulation between Bermuda, Miami and San Juan, Puerto Rico, which generates a circle. It's an equilateral triangle. And that size of that is the same as the Earth's inner core. So wow. that the most prominent Earth ring that is on the surface is the same sizing as the Earth's inner core. It, it shows up on the coast of, uh, in, the, in the ring pattern of China. It shows up in the ring pattern of, uh, you know, the, the, the sacred mountains of the West, it's, uh, you know, centered on the Grand Tetons, it, you know, so, all this and, and this this pattern that that I describe is the same pattern that you find in an Earth energy vortex. You know, so so you're out there dowsing like the the mystery spots that we know of, uh, you know, through tourist traps and such around America. You know, they all have these Earth energy vortexes uh, there that you can douse out, and they all have the same signature shape which seems to be like the earth itself projecting its energy field out onto the surface. So when we go to these places, we're not, we're connecting with the, the surface energy field of the interior of the planet. And when we go there, we're, we're operating, you know, we're, we're visioning and seeing the world through our eyes, which have the same geometry as what I just described as well with the, with our, our iris being the outer core uh, geometry and the white being the mantle of our, and, and the film over our eyes being the, the lithosphere of the planet. So, uh, you know, that's just, you know, you know it's just, it's everywhere. <laughs> and so, so the Enneagram is something that's, you know, Opinski and, and Gurdjieff and, uh, you know, I mean, they, 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 they go on about the Enneagram and it's, it's used in psychology and a lot of other forms, but, uh, and Tesla used the Enneagram as well in, in his, 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 uh, geometries of power, electricity. So I mm. think that's the, that's the main one, you know, that that's, that's a huge thing. And I, I tend to, when I make my medicine wheels, I use the nine pointed star you know, nine point nine stones. I put down nine stones and, uh, you know, with one stone to the North. Yeah. And that, that speaks, it opens up and speaks directly to the planet and, uh, you know, uh, Stonehenge, while it doesn't have nine stones, the geometry that Stonehenge has is, is like an Enneagram, you know, like I described it with those, there's four ball, four polygons that you can draw from a, uh, you know, it's like nested polygons with, uh, you know, a, a circular shape you can put in its negative area. And, yeah. 
if you, if you get my drift there. So uh, what, what yeah. I do is I, I, I use these nine points and I put gold underneath each one of the stones because ah. gold, gold is something that we, we were taught by the Kogi of South America uh, that, that uh, the Incas and, uh, you know, had that, that huge hoard of gold uh, in their treasury, not for wealth, not for material wealth, but for spiritual wealth. It was, it was believed, and I think rightly believed, that gold uh, uh, transmits spirit. So it's, it's like a, a attenuating frequency for for light and spirit. So it it it, it supported the spiritual work of the Inca. Uh, so that's so I use gold for that purpose yeah, to to uh, ground that that gold gold like connecting the dimensions between the uh, spiritual realms and the physical realms of the earth, which, you know, gold is a very unique compound that our earth generates. Right, right. So. Well, thank you so much, Peter. This is, I find all your work fascinating. I have for a long time. And I, if you really, I think, explain how we're really all interconnected and we'll, I'll have links in the description so people can find out more about you and more about your work. So, Thanks. so thank Thanks, you. Heather. Yeah. yeah one, one thing we didn't get to was the whole main uh, earth ring circle centered on Mount Katahdin. And I, I, I encourage you to post that as well. And uh, I think I sent you a picture of that and a link for that. And please share that with, with Pam. Sure. As, uh, yeah so okay thank you so much for listening to another episode of equaculture speaks